Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Everyday Colloquies. I'm your host, Chantel. Our special guest today is a real-life superwoman, okay? I am beyond excited to have her on today's show and share all that she does. LaShonda Jean Jacks is a full-time wife and mother, author, blogger, and coach, hailing from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas. LaShonda works to help Christians find confession, clarity, and community in their pursuit of God beyond the walls of the church. The highlight of her work is helping others cultivate a transformational prayer lifestyle through her blog, CanYourDryBonesLive.com, and newly launched Revive Faith Company. Outside of this, she uses her Masters of Health Science in Behavioral Health to support advocacy work against child abuse and sex education. LaShonda, welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor to be here with you. I follow you on social media, and I don't know how you do all that you do. Truthfully, I watch your videos on various topics of motherhood, prayer life, your children. Yeah, I see you meal prepping all the time. And still at the end of the day, I see you still making time to, you know, work out. I'm like, oh my goodness, she is so committed. (laughs) I love it. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little lazy and I don't want to be productive. I'll just watch your videos and the guilt will set in. I'm like, okay, she's still going. I can, I can give it another go too. But you stay so busy. You're a mother, a blogger, an author, a coach. You just launched a new business. How do you manage the time you're given each day to still make time for what's important? In this phase of my life, I'm treating everything as though it's still like my full-time job where I have to put in the work to get my benefits and my paycheck. And it's very important to have systems in place. But I think another thing for me is like not letting ego get in the way, right? And I don't mean ego as in I'm doing so much. I'm all of this ego in that there are actually people out there doing a lot more than me. Like I'm not special. A lot of my friends are doctors as well. So I really, I give myself no space to complain because they're out there saving lives. They're going home having to you know, be a wife and be a mom and they're on their fitness goals. I have a friend who is doing what I call the absolute most and she's a bodybuilder and she finds time to sew into everyone's life around her. And so my whole thing is sticking to the systems that I put in place. My children have a bedtime. We have a system of meals. Um, they have a set schedule of their learning time for the day and I know they need to have their nap or their quiet time and that's when I indulge in myself I do have my lazy moments but what I try to do is be as hyper productive as I can while I'm motivated so that when the motivation runs out I am almost done with most of the things that I wanted to do for the day especially workout and I am motivated to share And so I find the energy to share the different aspects of my life that I'm new to, motherhood, wife life, needing to lose weight. I've never needed to do that before. 
running a business from home with three kids at home with me. All of those are new things, but I try to share because nobody's talking about this stuff the way it needs to be talked about. I had a whole baby and everything caught me by surprise. I read all the books. I had two, three, everything was by surprise. Being a wife, there were so many things that came by surprise. And I'm like, this is just so unfortunate. I couldn't find anybody talking about this stuff. And so I decided to be the example that I didn't have and just start sharing, you know, respectfully uh, with everybody out there. And it's, it's crazy how many people bought into me just sharing and just wanting to hear more and asking all of their questions did not know that there were so many people out there wondering, well, hey, how can I put this system in place? Hey, did you experience this? Hey, how can I keep my breast milk supply up? How can I nurse my daughter longer if she doesn't want to nurse? How can I find time to work out? What workout programs are short like that yet effective? And people are taking joy in my journey. So it, it helps me stay encouraged and helps hold me accountable as well. So I think that when we put systems in place, when we share with people that we know will help to hold us accountable, we'll stay the course longer because, okay, now I'm carrying along these people with me. I'm opening up the doorway for them to see what's possible in their daily scheduling. And not only can I let them down, but of course I can't let myself down. And one of the biggest things for me that really truly answers the whole question of how do I manage to get things done is when I had my son, I looked at him for a moment. I was like, I said to myself, LaShonda, there's no way that you could ever tell Liam that he can do anything he wants to do, that he can be anything that he wants to be. And you don't show up like that just about every single day. And so that really kicked me into gear at the more children I, you know, <laughs> ended up having kicked me into gear to make sure that I stayed organized, to make sure that I was feeding my dreams, to make sure that my responsibilities as mother, as a wife, as friend and sister and daughter were not becoming excuses for me to not put in the work to actualize the things that fulfilled me outside of those roles, right? Because those roles are not the totality of who I am. They're just a part of who I am. And another way that the Lord has blessed me with to allow me to demonstrate his love and his grace here and my time on earth. That's wonderful. I think you kind of touched on, I think, a real important point in the beginning you had the right attitude. Your attitude is absolutely everything. And you were determined to do this, not just for yourself. You saw that there was a need, there was a gap, kind of a knowledge deficit for people doing these things. And you filled that gap. So that's awesome. I know that you are also a very spiritual person, LaShonda. You are very open, intentional, very honest about it. I feel that in this day and age, the term Christian can be pretty complex. What does being a Christian mean to you? For me, being a Christian in the basic sense of the word is, it means that I am somebody that has faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ as somebody that, as a male that was born into this earth, through a virgin, died on the cross for my sins, all those years ago, and because of that faith, because of that belief, I live a transformed life. And that transformed life is reflective 
of the principles of Jesus Christ. In a deeper, more personal sense, for me, being a Christian means that not only am I God's beloved, because we are all loved by God, um, not only am I his beloved, but that I live in a way that responds to that love. For my mindset is totally that his love awakened love inside of me. And every single day that I live, I live an effort to respond with, I love you too. And that means my attitude, how I steward what I have, my money, my time, how I handle my children who get to see the to- you know, the fullness of my flaws with what's nice about who I am and how I go out there and interact in the world, not just letting my life share the love of Christ, but verbally and vocally sharing the love of Christ and being there for others who have been hurt specifically by other people with a label, and the title of Christian to show them that just because this person hurt you, just because you had a damaging experience in this church setting or by your own parents, because a lot of time the pain is from your own parents. It doesn't mean that you have to separate yourself from Christ. But what it can mean is that you actually submit yourself to the full love of Christ so that he can heal you from all those wounds and he can show you what it means to live for him. And you can be that light, that loving example, that someone who was in your shoes needs in this moment. Thank you. So staying on this subject, you are also an author. Will you please share a little bit about your book, what inspired you to write it? Of course. My book is Broke Down Christians from Confession to Change, the reality of our compromised Christian living. It is available on Amazon. I love this book, not just because I wrote it, because when I read it back, I'm just like, who wrote this stuff? This is deep. (laughs) But this book was really inspired from a time in my life after I graduated college where I really started to feel lost. And it wasn't because I didn't have direction. I had a scholarship to go to the um, number one school of social work in the country. And I was on a roll. So I I knew where my life was going in terms of what my career might be. But I just felt so lost and in murky waters spiritually. And that's because I was, I would call it in a pretend game because it was so much compromise in my walk with God between the time that I started college and the time I completed college. And so all of that had come full frontal for me. And unlike a lot of other people, I'm fully convinced that Jesus is real. Aside from that, I'm fully convinced that he called me to be in a relationship with him. And knowing that I sort of let that relationship wane took a toll on me. And so I just got myself back into the habit of prayer, back into the habit of fasting. And I I said to Jesus, you know, I want to do something that is going to help others because I know that I'm not the only person that was in this space. I know that I was not, I'm not the only person that was a confident Christian who was ready to stand strong against temptations to do things that I knew were wrong for me to do, not just that were specifically overtly labeled as wrong in the Bible. I know there were other people and I wanted a way to share my testimony, 
But in order to have a testimony, I would have had to be healed. I would have had to have breakthrough. I would have had to be recovered securely. And so I began the work of drawing closer to Christ through Bible study, through prayer, through spending time with true believers, and through sifting different things out of my life that needed to go. And so having gone through all of that, I specifically one night just decided, I'm just going to just tarry in prayer for a little bit, because I just know that if I seek God, he will reward me with an answer. He will reward me with his presence. And I decided that I was going to pray. I just went into worship and prayer. And I want to say maybe like five hours. I didn't even realize the time that I passed. Um, and it may help because I'm very talkative. I have a lot to say. <laughs> so that may that may have helped me stay the course. But when I came out of that time of prayer, I felt in my spirit so strongly this book. All of these words, uh, these chapters outlined, the framing of my testimony, even the title, Broke Down Christians. It, it, exactly like a broke down car that looked nice on the outside, but couldn't get you anywhere far. And this book has truly helped myself because my testimony is out there and other people have read it. I can stand more boldly. The things that, that I was ashamed of, I... I'm able to freely talk about now from a sense of freedom, from a sense of love, uh, from a sense of joy of having overcome and then having a very hopeful outlook, knowing that because I've overcome, I can help other people overcome those things that are stumbling blocks for them in their relationship with God that keep them from living a fulfilled Christian life. And of course, it's not going to be roses. Like one of the one of the things promised by Christ is trouble. He tells you we're going to have trouble. Everybody has trouble. That's a part of the human experience. You cannot escape it. I think the beauty in, in having that trouble is that trouble gives you an open door to experience more of God's faithfulness, an open door to learn to lean on him more, to learn truly how to find joy and peace in the chaos of life. The other side of that for me is I don't get, to, I'm not super happy, like bubbly. Oh, hi, hi, hi. And smiling through, through my talking, but I have such an unshakable joy. I have such an unshakable peace that nobody is going to knock me off my box of joy. Nobody's going to knock me off my box of peace. And that's really because I have this testimony and this testimony continues to be refined and cultivated and beautified by God in my life. So I wanted to get into your blog a little bit, kenyourdrybonesliff.com. What kind of content can our listeners find on your blog? Well, you can find Bible study on there. You can find prayer on there. And as I became a mother, I talked a lot more about the different aspects of mothering from a spiritual perspective, as well as from a natural perspective. Like my latest post was about how I almost lost my milk supply on vacation. What I like about this space in the blog is that it talks about not just our spiritual life, those different dry bones that we have in there, but also our physical life. 
when I came back from vacation, there were so many mothers that couldn't believe I went on vacation and left my nursing baby at home for six days. And I'm just like, but of course I went. I need the time away. I have three entire people in my life that depend on me every single day. Of course I went on vacation to be restored, to be refreshed. I'm not going to get burnt out and then snap on my children. That would be the wrong thing to do. I'm not going to teach my daughters to drown in motherhood, to drown in their housework. So of course I went on vacation. I'm not going to tell my husband, show my husband with my actions that my children are more important than our marriage. And when I, it's not, and it, I know that kind of is tricky for people to see that, oh, maybe is she putting her children before her marriage or marriage before her children? It's neither or. It's the fact that they both need my special attention when they need it, which means that because my children always get my attention all the time, the whole day while my husband's at work, my marriage must have my attention by getting away from the monotony of the routine of the house. So what do you do? We head on vacation. So that's the part that's on my blog. I I talk about the lessons that I've learned in marriage in my young seven years that I've been married. I think I've learned a lot and enough that I want to share. And other things that the people constantly come to me for and ask me about. I will share about fitness as well. My journey there. I will also share just anything that I think that people aren't talking about, but that truly interests me. And I also share about burnout as a Christian as well. Burnout with the church experience, burnout with just the routine that one has established for themselves with prayer and Bible study and how to refresh that so that and how to avoid that in the future. So all of that can be found on my on my blog, Ken. I think one of the things that try to really keep a, a broad base to of topics because that oftentimes we're thriving in a couple areas, but we're letting a few areas die that we really need to stay alive and, and be even though to bring some us some balance. Things that you share aren't necessarily things that I myself am dealing with. It's still still very interesting, and I feel like I learn a lot from you um, just by listening to your your videos that you post and reading your blogs and things like that. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. So before we close, I also wanted to talk about your newly launched Revival Faith Company and your prayer cards. But first, for Christians, why is prayer life so essential? I like to think of it as a dating relationship transitioning into marriage, you have to talk to each other. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Hosea 2. And in Hosea 2, it talks about when God brings deliverance to the people of Israel, they will go from calling him master to husband. And when I read that thing the first time, it just totally sh- it shifted my perspective. And I was like, oh, so this is, this is a relationship. And I started to see how every relationship that I have is supposed to be a reflection of my relationship with God, a different facet of my relationship with God. Mother to child is, you know, me and God is my father and I'm his child. Spouse to spouse, even when I'm thinking in sense of I work for God, he's my, as my boss and I'm an employee, every relationship should reflect that. And every relationship requires effective communication. The only way that you're going to get to know somebody, how they want to be learned, is to communicate with them, to 
read about them, but to speak with them and to learn to listen as well for their voice. And when we get to that understanding that prayer cultivates interpersonal relationship with the Lord, it helps us have a different perspective. And so it's not just a moment in your closet, air quotes closet, to have quiet time with him. Sometimes it's while you're cleaning up. Sometimes it's you're in your kitchen cooking and you're just like, you know, God, I really like this coconut rice recipe that I have. I, I might not be able to cook, but at least I got this one on, under my belt. It's it's literally, for me, a, an ongoing conversation. It allows me to feel close to him. It allows me to have a sustainable faith. We have to pray beyond the laundry list of I need, I need, I want, bless me with this. We have to pray because that's the way that we're going to get to know who he is. That's the way that we're going to get to know what pleases him. Because right, the Bible doesn't speak to every literal scenario that's going on in our world today or that's going on in our lives today. And so we need to have a relationship with God so that we may be able to discern what is his good pleasure, if that's what we're trying to accomplish. What I love as well is that time in in his presence and prayer, it really helps you feel lighter. It helps you feel lifted. You feel more peace about your situation. You feel like, okay, I might could let this go. You know, God, God might have this. And the more time you spend there, And like I said, it doesn't have to be that focused, quiet hour, 30 minutes. But the more time you spend there, the more you go from, I might could let this go and God might have this to God does have this. He is my strong tower. He is my refuge. It's okay if I don't know. It's okay if I'm not able because Christ is able. God's not asking me to hold the the sun in in the universe. So I'm okay. I can do this. I can press through. And when we do it in that way, with that mindset, that it helps us realize that we're not alone. It strengthens us and builds us up. It it helps us love him more. I think that we can have a more fruitful and beautiful prayer life and a more fruitful and beautiful relationship with the Lord because our belief in him will be unshakable. If we go from every high and go into prayer like Jesus did and go from every low into prayer like Jesus did, we will be blessed with that peace that surpasses all understanding. I will tell everyone listening, when I was 13 years old, my mother died. And it was at that moment that I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior at her funeral. And I'm not even sure that I knew what I was doing in that moment, because it was such an out-of-body experience for me, of course, seeing my mother in a coffin. And I went home to my new house because I became an orphan. I had to move in with my aunt. And the one thing I did every day was pray. I would write my prayer. I would say my prayer. And I kid you not, in that young fledgling stage of faith, praying like I was desperate to be loved, desperate to be healed, desperate to feel whole and not hopeless, desperate to feel like there was more to life beyond this pain of losing my mother, being separated from my siblings, having to be brought to this new place that I never lived in, being apart from my father who lived in another country. Praying like that, the Lord really made himself known to me. I saw the scriptures come to life. My uncle, who became my father figure, told me, 
He said, LaShonda, when your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will raise you up. And the Lord did raise me up. That word became alive in my life. I could touch everything that the Lord did to raise me up. And the favor and the love that he showed me, I could never, ever, ever discount the power of prayer. I have to stress it to people. So that's why I started with my friends just writing out prayers for them. When I when I grew in my faith more and as my life developed more and I began to need God in different ways, the different need for God created a different experience of God for me. So for my, I was like, my friends have to be going through some of these same things. Sometimes I didn't always have a lot of money. Like I would have liked to give them certain gifts for Christmas or their birthday. So what I would do is sit out and write them about 30, 40 prayers, handwritten prayers. And I would mail it out to them. Or sometimes I would put it in a jar or put it in a box and give it to them. And all of my friends still have those prayers to this day. Maybe about three years ago, I was like, you know, God, I want to do this on a larger scale. I want to do this with more people. I want to pray with more people. I want to give more people the tools. Because I find that a lot of people aren't praying because they don't know what to say. Because the examples that they have are a little bit more eloquent than they are, a little bit more confident and sure in prayer than they are, or maybe have a little bit more of a elaborate testimony, if you will, than they might have. And so they don't feel like, oh, I can go ahead and pray with the same surety or the same confidence. And sometimes it's also because they have pushed themselves out of a space of alignment with Christ if they were already Christians. And so the answer to my own prayer was something that I had already been doing, praying with other people through written prayers, giving other people the tools. And I do believe that prayer is a weapon. So I call them tools and weapons, tools to garden and weapons to wage war on hopelessness, on isolation and loneliness, spiritual loneliness, depression of the spiritual nature, feeling anxious about being in God's presence. We were going to wage war on those things to help people come in closer to God they can build up their prayer muscle and be strong of their own and help other people come along. And so that is why Revive Faith Co. was birthed so that I could get in there and help on a larger scale and really and truly, if you will, go into the highways and byways and share the gospel and share Jesus Christ. LaShonda, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much for taking the time today to join me and share everything that you do with our listeners. For those of you who are interested, LaShonda, will you please share your blog again, the name of your book, where our listeners can find it, and your social media handle. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure anytime that I can share on any platform about my excitement about prayer. So my book broke down Christian's can be found on amazon.com right now i will be moving it as well to my website which is revivealignamplified.com and that is where my prayer cards can be purchased as well right now we have out the praying mother and the praying wife collections and hopefully by may 1st we will have out the self-care box which will be for everybody. So I'm really excited about that. My blog is canyourdrybonelive.com and you can find me on social media at Revive Faith Co. and at Shonda Angelou. Shout out to my best friend, Valentina, for giving me that name.
Thank you so much. And thank you for everyone for tuning in to Everyday Colloquies. I'll see you next time.